Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we're taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my reminiscent friend Palmer. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. We are not talking about the Oscars today, Palmer. I, no, that like this. The intro is just horrible. I, I well, no, because it doesn't because it doesn't match up what we're doing at right. all. Well, it doesn't matter. That's the intro. Okay. Okay. You know, when you're doing a clip show of a sitcom, they're all like, "Oh, it's a clip show, so we'll do a different intro." No, Ooh, can we do that. a clip show next? No. Do you know how much editing that is? I'm not doing that. <laughs> you could do it. Oh my god, no. We're going to talk about our top ten films of the year that are probably never going to get nominated for Oscars. But some of them probably will. Yeah. We'll find we'll find out. But today we're not just the two of us, Palmer. We're three of us. Yes, we are. We are three of us. We are joined today by Lisa of I Love That Movie Podcast. How are you today, Lisa? Hey, um, I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to be here, and this is this is fun. I'm I'm breaking the uh, the pattern of of what I usually record, and I'm getting to talk about all my favorite current movies of the year. That is so fun. I'm so excited. We're we're excited to have you. We're also excited to do that too because we talk about movies that some of we've never seen before I or did, that are not our personal taste. And these are the movies that we like. I didn't have to rewatch <laughs> one movie for this list. Me either. I just picked <laughs> the ones that I liked. Thank you, Letterbox app. You're the best. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler: My number one this year, Greatest Showman. No, it yes. can't be. Why I, not? Pe- people flipped <laughs> out last year when that was your greatest movie. Right. People because <laughs> I was right. Not because you were right. I loved it. I loved Thank it, you. too. It's a great movie. I still listen to the soundtrack. It's the best. It's so fun. I don't know if it's the best film of the year. It was. But you know what? I don't know <laughs> if my film's the best film of the year. It, it, it is not. No. I don't even know what it is, but I'm guaranteeing it's not. That's because you have bad life decisions. All right, so this is how it's going to work. <laughs> I'm going to ask Palmer what his... We're going to go 10 through 1, so save your best one for the end, where then we'll do our guilty pleasure and... Two movies that you're looking forward to in 2019. If there are more, good for you. But pick, try to pick your top two favorites. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And Lisa, how do you feel about those rules? Uh, sounds good. I'm nervous. You know, I think my list. I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I'm. I'm anxious to see how everyone responds to my list. I, I'm willing to bet it's better than Tim's. I'm willing. To, I'm willing to bet that Palmer will judge harsh, me more harsh. for no matter no matter what yours is, even if he disagrees with yours more than mine. So, because that's the kind of friendship we have. It's built on Aww. rock solid things like distrust. I mean, and I mean, to be fair, I'm always going to back somebody who likes Stephanie Brown over you. So I it's love fine. Stephanie Brown. Why are you down on like I? Why? Who's ever said that I don't love Stephanie Brown? You did all the time. I've never said. See, this is this is this, this is why I'm on blood pressure. <laughs> I'm actually I'm not. Should at I step all. out of the room, guys? Are you going to be okay? No, yeah, that's no, okay. You're not in the same physical <laughs> okay, space okay, as okay. us. That would just be weird. <laughs> Awkward. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's okay. All right, so we're going to get started. Um, actually, Lisa, do you know how many movies you you've seen this year? You... Oh, um, I'm not prepared for that question. I've seen more than than is on my list, but there are a couple key ones that I think are going to come up that I don't think I've seen yet. But I, I tried to hit all the basics. I even uh, had a, a week off and, uh, around the holidays, and I went and rented a bunch of stuff on iTunes. I was trying to gear up. So there's a couple that aren't on here, but I did see quite a few movies this year. 
That's great. Nice. Okay, that's good. Whatever your list is and whatever mine is, Palmer's going to put us to shame. Because, Palmer, <laughs> how many movies, new movies, have you seen this year? Movies that only came out in 2018, I saw 118. What? I know. Movies I that know. I... When you add that to movies that I hadn't seen before, for the you know obviously for the podcast, right. I'm up to 164 movies last year that I had never seen before. That's impressive. Isn't that super impressive? Yes, and sad, but it really is. Right, like, I have no life, <laughs> but mostly impressive. Well, to podcasters, it's impressive, and that's what matters. <laughs> that's right. The only I, uh, opinion that matters. I the had one sent, recording the episode. Yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> sent you uh, an article earlier last week from a uh, an article by someone from Collider who said like they had watched 68 movies last year and they're a professional review and I'm like what a noob I know, I <laughs> amateur yeah god how dare you have like children of course he's also you know yeah. getting paid for his movie reviews that is correct we're just doing it out of oh, the goodness of our hearts <laughs> or the boredom of our minds whatever the, whatever the case may be so that's it i I've seen 40 films in the theater. I rounded I I was able to see 40 films in 2018 in the theater. And then a few more on Netflix plus the Academy Rewind one. So I'm probably sitting at about a, a little over 100 um based on your Academy Rewind numbers because yeah. we had seen most of the same amount of movies together. I might have actually seen a little less than you. So just cuz you're a few years older than I am, so yeah. you've had more time. To, uh, to be an adult, <laughs> so, so, that's a lot of movies, man. That's what we've spent a lot of time doing this. Yeah, I'm, it's a good thing we get outside and go see people and stuff too. We just you know. get outside to go see movies. That's not true. I go to work. <laughs> I go to work. I go to work. Getting married. I do things. I do things. Don't tell me I don't do things. Anyway, so this is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask for Palmer's top ten, then Lisa's top ten, and then I will say my top ten. But we'll just talk about the films as they come up. We don't have to actually just so we don't have to just ignore Palmer's and move on to Lisa's, but we will. So, Palmer, <laughs> yes, your number ten spot of the year. My number ten spot of the year. I am going to I'm going to go on a limb and say neither of you have seen. Uh, it's a movie starring Paul Rudd called The Catcher Was a Spy. Yes, that is correct. I've not seen that movie. Have not seen that. No. Tell uh, us what it's about. And I why it's I randomly came across it on on demand. It he um, Paul Rudd plays a major league baseball player who during World War II was also an OSS officer. Wow. Yes. Oh, interesting. It is. It was kind of under the radar, which I think is why it was able to to latch on to my top ten. Because um, it was never really ever that high. It was probably at the highest eight. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was so under the radar. And Paul Rudd, I love when he's a dramatic actor. Like, I really loved him in Romeo and Juliet when I first saw him. Who does he play in Romeo and Juliet? He plays Paris. Oh. We have this conversation every time. I know. And I was going to ask. Oh, my I was gosh. I haven't see- seen that forever. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he kind of then, then he kind of hooked up with Will Ferrell and did a lot of comedies. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, not he saying he's on, not he funny. On Friends, too. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's not funny, but I do like it when he plays serious roles because I think he's he's a better actor than he's given credit for. That's how I feel about Vince Vaughn. I love. I think he's a. I think he's a great comedic actor, yeah. but I love when he plays something serious because he's because he's excellent. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What's the name of the movie again? The Catcher Was a Spy. The Catcher Was a Spy. I want to look into that. That sounds like my cup of tea. Yeah. Cool. And you love tea. I do love tea. <laughs> Lisa, do you like tea? 
Uh, I do. I do. I drink green tea. I like tea. Oh, green tea is the best mm-hmm. approval. I knew she was, she was <laughs> right, but this is great. Um, Lisa, your top 10, your number 10 spot. Okay, mine's a little more basic than that, I guess. Uh, my top 10 uh, spot is Mission Impossible Fallout. Ooh, nice. Ooh, excellent film. That's actually mm-hmm. my number nine. I am nice. I am right. I'm right there on you. Why? What? Why is that your top? Why is that number ten? Tell me about it. I don't know. I guess these movies just continue to blow me away. I I can't believe that you know Tom Cruise has been doing this role and he's like funding these movies. He has so much control over it, and it's so good. Like I, I just feel like normally that situation results in a bad movie, <laughs> but mm-hmm. in this situation, uh, he's still so incredible. And I can believe that somebody in there, like what is he fifty now? How old is he? Do you guys know? He's like a hundred and four. Pretty sure. I think he's actually fifty four. <laughs> Um, okay, to combine like if, your numbers together. <laughs> if you can make me believe that a 54-year-old man can like fly out of a helicopter and do everything that he does, that's amazing enough as is. But I just thought the action was really good. It was uh, fun to watch. And it was just generally a good film. I, I really enjoyed it. I complete. How old is he? 56. Oh, I was so close. You were. I was so close. close. That's even more incredible that he's 56. <laughs> Although he's probably I mean, filming how? this when he was 54. So, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's how. It, you're exactly right, Lisa. How? How are you doing this? It's pretty amazing. And your answer is pretty much my answer for number nine. They're just so well made from they top are. to bottom. They're just so good. I think the I think the first two are the weak links in the series. First one doesn't hold up well. The second one is too John Woo. I will definitely like. give you number like I love John Woo, but I will definitely give you that number two is the weakest one. Okay. Yeah, and then and then from and then from there I think they start to climb, but five what Mission Impossible number seven? Number six? So, um, the one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? No, that's three. No, I'm asking what follow. How many of them are? There? Oh, it's like seven. Is that number seven? It's fall. Wait, no. That sounds right. Like Ghost Protocol. Um, yeah, it's number seven. It's number seven. Eight, whatever. The last three or four, those are the best ones, and they just—I think they consist. Since have... since J.J. Abrams directed one, that's and then three. kind of took over production. That's that's Mission Impossible. Uh, producing three. rather. That's right, it, and then it just it just climbs from there. It, they're so stupidly good. I, yeah, yeah. This that was, was my actually birthday movie this year. This was actually my number twenty-one. Your number twenty-one. Yep. Oh, that's nice of you to know. <laughs> All right. Well, my number ten. We're gonna get out of the way. Palmer's gonna hate me. Yep. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and check off. I actually wrote a list of what your top ten was gonna be. I am one for one. Good. Good for you. You're one for one. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Palmer's unpopular opinion. He does not like this movie. Everyone else. Loves this movie. Loves this movie. Right. Lisa, how do you feel about this movie? It's my number six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew yes. it was going to be on hers. <laughs> Yay. It's from top to bottom. Just a, a, like Mission Impossible, a really well-made movie. It sells an incredibly complicated uh, plot device to an to an to an unaware audience, and people walk out going, "That was really smart. It was clever. It was something I hadn't seen before for not just a superhero film, but really a film or an animated film. It's a new animation style that gives thought to its characters, not just 
hey, it's 3D or something like that. As in, like, when they walk, it's jerky, but swinging is fluid. It's something as simple as that really makes the movie stand out above and beyond a lot of the other animated films that came out this year or previously. And I love Spider-Man, so I'm slightly biased because Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters. But it... It's a it's a really well conceived movie, Lisa. It's your number six, so you you speak you speak on it. So I am a big fan of animation as uh, you know a film medium in general. Um, I'm kind of frustrated with how our American audience is so against seeing something animated that's quote unquote serious and not for children. Now, I think this movie, you know, obviously children can like it and enjoy it, but I feel that the, uh, you know, you already mentioned that the style of animation is so fresh and so different. I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping that people will watch this movie and see the potential there. It's really limitless. You can do anything. You're not limited by CGI budget. You're not limited by, you know, what you can do in the real world. You can do anything. And I've always liked that about animation. Um, the style is amazing. And as much as I love Disney and DreamWorks, I I'm, feel like there's just like not enough competition in terms of different styles. And I'm excited to see something new like this. It blew me away. It fit perfectly with uh, the comic book theme. You know, it, it felt very much like reading a comic book, watching it. Mm -hmm. And I thought the story was so good. I mean, it, it's kind of got this plot where um, I, I know like in the past couple of years, I've heard a lot of complaints about, you know, something coming out of the sky and like, you know what I mean? Kind yep. of how the, the problem Suicide Squad, Ghostbusters, a lot of those movies had. This does that same thing, but so well, like actually makes it work into the plot the interdimensional stuff is my jam i love movies like that uh i thought that was incredible um how do you get us to be on miles side and see him as a true genuine spider-man you have peter parker tell us he is you know and i think that was really clever and then there were times in the movie i was literally misty-eyed and also times in the plot that i was genuinely like, maybe not completely surprised. I think I caught on to his uh, uncle being evil, but I liked it a lot because I was like, that's compelling. It's different than his, you know, Peter Parker's uncle, Ben, um, you know, him dying. Now it's his uncle, uh, but he's evil. Sure, that's probably already in the comics. But <laughs> It is, but, you know, every yeah. Spider-Man has to lose an uncle. That's like a little gotcha. weird rule that they've established yeah. in this, you know, yeah. and in in comics it's just what makes you know batman's parents have to die spider-man's got to lose an uncle that's just part of the part of the oh. makeup of the character y you know you're so right and i think the, i think the film is smart without telling you it's smart which is also what you, you was also what you what you get at you know that famous um that famous bit from the trailer where um, the glass is sticking to Miles' fingers as he jumps off the skyscraper. Is that's a running motif through the film that he 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 is scared and he can't let go of where he is or what he's doing. He's latching on to things that are comfortable. And in that moment, when he finally decides to be Spider-Man, he's still scared, but he lets go anyway. And that's an important marker in in Miles' personality and his growth as a character and as a hero. But the film never tells you that. It just shows you that. And 
and lets you get there on your own. And I, I think that's why the film stands out above so many other ones, that it, it's a it's a real show-not-tell kind of film, which is the power of film. That's what makes them good, is that they can show you and not tell you, and you should and can be smart enough to get it on your own. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and as someone who is not a big Spider-Man fan, in fact, I don't normally get excited when movies come out. I really loved Homecoming, but there's quite a few other live-action Spider-Movie films I haven't even seen. Like, I haven't even seen the Andrew Garfield ones. Don't. And <laughs> first one, I'm just, first I'm just right. not a just big fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard. I'm like, more of the same? Okay. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I'm not really a big Spider-Man fan. And so for me to watch a movie about the Spider-Verse and to be that invested, I mean, that's just a testament to the, uh, to the writing in the movie and just how good it is, I think. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. <laughs> well, good. That was our number. Those were our tens. So let's yep. move on to our number nines. Palmer, take it away. Number nine is a movie that I actually just recently watched, um, pretty much because Lisa was raving about it last week or the <laughs> week before. Number nine is Bird Box. I still haven't watched it yet. It's a good movie. Right. Really good. Tell me why. I didn't realize Sandra Bullock was in this movie. I knew nothing about it's it going in. blindfolded and you can only tell what people look like by their eyes. Yes. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I honestly didn't know anything about this movie going in. I saw Twitter kind of start its uproar when the movie hit and some people saying it's better than her uh, some people saying it was better than quiet place some people saying quiet place was a much better version um lisa said she liked it more than the quiet place if i remember correctly that's that's right yeah, yeah. i think it depends on what i mean I, i'll let you go ahead and then and i'll yeah. chime in but yeah yeah um so i i watched this movie and I I saw Quiet Place, and it's a good movie. There's problems that I have with Quiet Place, and I think this movie does a better job at its at its thing of you have these children in an apocalyptic setting in which you can't use one of your basic senses. Like, you really can't look. Okay. You can't go outside and look around because... That's how they get into your brain. Like, that's how they'll affect you. And she does a much better job of making sure the children understand the consequences. And the children know the consequences and listen to her and aren't just a liability in this movie. <laughs> like, in, in A Quiet Place, the children are always the liability. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like these kids were never going li to outlive this apocalypse. Bird Box, you know, took it a, it, they have a, a much smarter direction. Okay. I I liked A Quiet Place. I didn't love A Quiet Place. I think that maybe the I think the concept is better than the execution by the end of the film. Yeah, I think you'll like Same. Bird Box more. Okay. All right. All right. I'm willing to get I'm And it's it got John Malkovich. And it has John. Yeah. Yeah. So, if um, Lisa, if you were raving about this movie, is it on? Is it on your list somewhere? It's not. Isn't that shocking? I know. As much as I liked it, I didn't put it on my top ten. And I showed this recently to a close friend that was kind of. We were both getting mad, like frustrated with the internet about you know arguing about Bird Box, and then she said. This isn't even on your top ten. How could you do this? I'm like, I I'm sorry. I I loved it, but I loved a lot of movies this year, and it just didn't make the top. But um, but no, I I completely agree uh with you on on Bird Box. Uh, 
I think I, I had the same problem with A Quiet Place. I also had a problem with um, the mom and the and the dad deciding to have another baby. I thought that was insane. Yes. Like, you know, but, you know, in this movie, in Bird Box, uh, Sandra Bullock is pregnant before that starts happening, before yep. the apocalypse comes. And I think that makes a little more sense. I hadn't even thought about um, that fact with the kids, but I did have a little bit of an issue with A Quiet Place. It, it really felt like the dad show to me. Like it all felt like it was from his perspective. He was definitely the hero, you know, the mom and the kids kind of help as much as they can, but they are more just liabilities and that's fine. It's his story. Um, in this movie, it's her story. And maybe I just related to that more just cause I'm a woman. Um, and I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit better. The biggest complaint I hear about the difference between the two is that, a Quiet Place really gives you a lot of answers about the monsters and how to stop them and lets you really see them, and Bird Box doesn't. But for me as a viewer, I don't need to see them. I don't really need these monsters that are made up. It's I'm already suspending disbelief in the story because the concept's you know pretty out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really need to see them and have them explained to me. I'm okay with not having that. The real core story is about her in her emotional journey. And I don't want to say too much more than that because, you know, you might see it, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, that's, that's why I liked it more. And I think that's what separates audiences, people that are more into a full explanation and a complete, you know, wrap up on the monsters themselves. And then people that are okay with ambiguity. You know, you're both right. This actually does sound like I would like this film yeah. more than quiet place, which I enjoyed. But this yeah, was, I still enjoyed that but, movie. Yeah, but I like the I like ambiguity, and so I, I think that I think that the sounds more more my speed. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, the, thanks for um. Yeah, I heard you whisper. Is that still recording? I yes, did is. not. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I I'm looking at it right now. Don't worry. Okay. Turn the screensaver off. I think that was the part of the problem. <laughs> no, all right. So, Good. Um, so things happen. Things happen indeed. Uh, Lisa, what was your number nine? Uh. Mine might be controversial. I don't know. Let's see how you guys feel about it. I picked Deadpool 2. Oh. Controver- I will say that's controversial. <laughs> okay. I actually uh, forgot that came out this year. No, it did. Back, back in, uh, back in the dark times. Back in February. <laughs> uh, before the No, empire. it was March. No, okay. What? It was March? It was, it was March because it was... The first one came out in February. Yeah. Why do I that's remember right. that? doesn't matter. Deadpool 2. Tell us about Deadpool 2. Um, I feel like the more we see Deadpool, the more we get to see more sides of how he is in the comics. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I read a bunch of Deadpool comics. I do not. But what does appeal to me about him as a character is that he's got that sort of, I guess, uh, like asshole-ish personality without being an asshole, if that makes sense. Like, he is really funny. He's fourth wall breaking. But I think what some fans don't understand about him is they make him like too mean and he's not like misogynistic or horrible you know he's just he's free from a lot of the restraints that a lot of us have because he can't die and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just got that personality but um i feel like this movie goes into that a little bit more i thought it was really funny the uh the celine dion song um and he he just takes more risks with his characters like I mean, it's kind of a weird reason to like it, but even like his sexuality, I know he, in the comics, he's more pansexual. I just think it's cool. Like he's different from a lot of the other heroes. 
um, that we see right now. And I just, I don't know, I laughed like the whole movie. I really enjoyed it. I know some people had a problem with there was too much humor, but I feel like Deadpool's the one guy you can do that with. And it was consistently funny to me. So I don't know. I really liked it. No, I think those are strong reasons. My only disagreement is that I actually think this film was more action heavy than funny, which is where mm. I thought it, where I thought it, it, it didn't fall apart for me, but where I was a little less interested because action is action, but but Deadpool's comedy is unique, and that's where I that's where my taste just kind of aligned. And this movie didn't do it for me the same way. Still liked it. I didn't love it, but I respect. Gotcha. But I respect. But I I don't. I I can see where you're coming from. Um, and so I'll, that's good. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was definitely a good movie. I think I still like the first one more. I think the jokes for me landed a little bit better in the first one. Yeah, um, I can I, see that. I will say I, I will always watch a movie no matter how many Deadpool movies they do. I don't care if they stop being funny. I'm always going to watch it as long as you give me Negasonic Teenage Warhead and her, <laughs> and her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Because they have the best scenes, they do. That's true. I'll I'll keep watching it for Colossus actually. Yeah, because Colossus <laughs> is like the straight man to Deadpool's wackiness is is hilarious. I mean the the best scene in the movie is Deadpool wandering around the X mansion, and it's like, why is this place always empty? The door opens <laughs> and all the X Men are there. That's so. It's great. It's a great joke. It's one that won't even play well later. But I think that's the fun of Deadpool that it doesn't matter, right? You know. But I think the mm-hmm. first one just plays a little bit better throughout. But gotcha. But that's okay. But that's okay. That's why we're here. Uh, my number nine. We already did. It was Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep. So we can actually move right on two for two to number. You know, we see these movies together. It's not surprising that <laughs> you actually probably know. Because I don't, I I used don't think to you bring, could do mine. I used to, yes, because you've seen 117 of them, and we've only <laughs> seen 40 of these films together. True. <laughs> so there's like there's quite a few movies that I didn't see with you, and I used to drive you home, so we talked about which movies I liked and didn't like. Right. And so I'm not surprised if you can hit all of them. Um, also, I'll, my my letterbox is public, so I think you're just going to no. I didn't. Dead. I actually I actually made mine private just because of that. I know. I tried looking for yours last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> anyway, here right. number eight. Number eight. Um, as far as original goes, this movie is probably one of the more originals of the year, starring John Cho, I believe. Searching. Searching. You are correct. Yeah. Um, yes. Searching is a great film. It is. It is wonderful. I really like, you know, I really like horror, which this really is, and this is a thriller. Um, but it's a missing person done in real, you know, almost real time. I thought the I thought the use of social media and the computer screen for pretty much all of your visual cues was going to get on my nerves. But mm-hmm. it it doesn't. It works in the context of this movie. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought it would it would wear thin, and it didn't. You know, it's it keeps you guessing. There's there's enough twists and turns to kind of throw you off, no matter when you think you know what's going on. It kind of gives you that, 
and then continues to lead you there and then pulls the rug out from under you. Yep, I, I agree with all that. I think it, it actually was my number 11 or 12 if I looked at the, if I looked at the, maybe 14 actually, if I looked down on the actual list. Right. Right. Searching is not on that. It's it not is not. I checked to make sure. No, I was, I was real <laughs> close though. I was very close. Lisa, you see, you saw searching. I, yeah, I loved it. Um, I, I completely agree with you. The, uh, the use of social media is actually a strength in the film and you forget that you're just watching a screen. Um, I think the only thing that I've heard from other people that saw it like in theaters is that they kind of wish they saw it at home because you're just looking <laughs> at the screen the whole time. And so it kind of lends itself to watching it on a laptop or even on an iPhone. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of like true crime podcasts, but I, I do. And they do find people a lot or they use a lot of evidence on social media. You know, that's one of the first things people check nowadays is, you know, did they get on Facebook? Did they get on Twitter? When was the last time? And that becomes, you know, a paper trail of that person's life. And it, it has, you know, clues like that can help solve a case. So I think it's really smart. Um, I don't know that that concept would work with too many other plots but for something like this with a missing person um you know there's an inherent sense of urgency throughout the story and uh, it's believable that her dad would have access to all this information from her computer and so that makes it a little bit easier for him to search for her um thought it was cool that it had uh you know one of two big movies this year that had uh, an asian lead and that was really neat. And, uh, yeah, I just enjoyed the movie. And, yeah, it's horror. But, yeah, I guess it was more suspenseful than scary. But I thought it was good. And I even thought it had a good wrap-up and an ending. Um, I was really relieved that the ending wasn't sad. <laughs> Me too. And I think, the, I think the whole movie plays out really well from start to finish. And to both of your points, I, I'm fairly good at guessing where films are going, like, no matter what, like, oh, this person's going to end up over here and blah, blah, blah. It's just the way stories are kind of structured. And searching actually tricked me. And, mm, and That's awesome. And so I was like, I felt like it was worth the price of admission because I was like, oh, my God, I was actually surprised. This never happens. I'm so happy. <laughs> Palmer, you're looking at me weird. Didn't the movie end sad? I don't. We'll have to leave it ambiguous for those who didn't watch it because I have a I have a one who says it did and one who said it didn't. I honestly don't like. I think I remember the ending, but now I don't know Palmer if I'm just changes his position of the film because he no, like I'm doubting myself too. Like I just don't. I remember <laughs> the real. I remember the real ending, and one of you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> we got to hurry up and get through this list. So I'll tell, I'll tell you when we're done recording, so we don't spoil this for anybody. Oh, okay, okay. okay. All right, uh, number eight for Lisa. Oh, uh, so my number eight is Aquaman. Great, Ooh. great choice. It's my number seven, so we oh, can good. we can skip right past it. Tell me why Aquaman is your number eight. Well, this is a movie that I was highly anticipating because I am a big DC Comics fan. Um, I, you know, I've been watching the progress over you know the last year or so that information has been coming out about it. I love James Wan. I absolutely love the Conjuring movies. Yep. Um, and I was just really excited to see what he brought to the table with this. And I wasn't disappointed. Um, I will admit that the first time I saw this, it's a lot of information. And because I'm not a big, strong Aquaman specific fan, um, I felt a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of information I was getting about him, but I had a feeling. I was like, I think I need to see this one more time, and I think I need to see it in IMAX. So I did, 
and my love for it grew. Um, right away, I loved how original it was in the sense of, like, people keep comparing it to so many movies. You know, he said he was influenced by Raiders, by Star Wars. But I feel like the list continues. And when you have to list, like, so many different influences, you know, it's almost like, well, actually, it's kind of something new, right? Um, I think uh, I think Andy from the Holy Batcast said something like that. Um, but... It was cool that we got to see so many different worlds underwater. I was really anxious to see what that was going to look like. And, you know, it looked amazing. And all the uh, the action sequences were incredible and kept me engaged. And to be honest, a lot of times, um, I know you guys mentioned earlier, like action scenes can be a little bit, I don't know, I can kind of turn my brain off sometimes when they're going on too long <laughs> or if I don't think they're interesting. Mm -hmm. But every single time it happened in this movie, probably because so much of it was underwater or just something I'd never seen before, it, I was engaged the whole time. They were really good. So, so yeah, I, I, I loved it. I think the movie's not perfect, which is probably why it's number eight and not closer to the top of my list. But I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, right th I'm right there with you. I think the movie is... I, I enjoy movies that don't care to explain things sometimes like, oh, they can breathe. Why can they breathe underwater? Because Atlantean science. Shut up. We're moving on. Like <laughs> nobody cares and, and, and nobody does care. And that's the that's the beauty of the movie. It doesn't. It's almost like Star Wars in the way that why isn't Luke sad that his aunt and uncle died? It doesn't matter. Let's move on. He's more <laughs> sad about this man that he met two days ago dying than his aunt and uncle that he's known his whole life that are basically his parents. It doesn't actually matter. Let's move on. And I enjoy that kind of maybe kinetic f frenzy uh, of a movie where it's too interested in telling an adventure than about it's like real emotional weight because it's all melodramatic adventure story romancing the stone whatever dramatic way it's that's that's not what that's not what it's it, it's not delivering truth it's delivering fun and sometimes you just need to deliver fun because it, it's a myth Right. It, it lays it right out in front of you. It's King Arthur underwater. You know, he's got to find the only literally he's literally yeah. right. You know, he has to find the only magic weapon that only he can use that he can rule the so he can rule the, you know, the nation and blah, blah, blah. That's all it is. And and I love that. But it gives it fun, new, interesting twists. I do agree. It's very exposition heavy at the beginning. And I'm a big Aquaman fan. And I so I had no problem following it, but I could feel the heaviness at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. And I was like, oh man, let's let, and I don't think the movie really gets going until after the gladiator fight with Orm underwater, when they actually mm. start to look for the Trident or maybe at least like the sword fight in the sunken battleship. That's where I'm like, yeah. this is an adventure movie. Mm -hmm. I'm watching a pirate movie underwater. It's pirates of the Caribbean. It's Indiana Jones. It's star Wars. It's all these, it's all these different things that you mentioned. And I think Andy, is right in that if you have to list all of these references, then it's kind of original. It's not in in a lot of ways, but it's also kind of original because if you're listing 20 things that it's kind of like, then it's kind of its own thing at that point um, mm -hmm. because it's not really any one of them. It's something different and fun and new. I think it's beautifully shot, and I think the film gets better as it goes. So by the end, I have forgiven it the sins of the beginning of the film. <laughs> and I, yeah, definitely. It, I think I think it's almost like the, the anti, not anti Wonder Woman in the way that Wonder Woman was a bad film, but I think Wonder Woman gets praised for the first two acts of the film, and then mm -hmm. they say well it kind of crumbles at the beginning, whereas the Aquaman 
starts as like a crumble and it slowly builds itself into something it's and it builds itself into something really nice and i mm-hmm. almost prefer that because you're ending big nobody remembers yeah. the beginning of the movie the same way that they remember the end of the movie if you end strong and it does and ultimately i really didn't think jason momoa's aquaman can be king and the movie made me think that he could and can and i, I think that is a miracle in of itself <laughs> and so and so i am so that's why it's my number seven i just think it's super fun and not every movie needs to teach me a lesson or which it can i mean they're very simple you know be a hero and you know sacrifice and you know the the usual stuff that you see in in superhero films but but you can also just hop around the world and see a bunch of cool places and have a good laugh while you're at it so uh i'm right there with you it's it was just super fun i can't i i want to go back and see it in imax real bad i've tried for about two weeks and i just can't get there so i'll get there one day i'll get there one day <laughs> palmer is this movie on your list it is not tell me why uh it's <clears throat> um i liked i liked the Zack snyder dc universe I really love Man well, of Steel. A well-documented fact. Yes, I yeah. really love Man of Steel. I really love BVS, DOJ. I even really love Wonder Woman. I like this movie. This movie's third act makes this a really good movie. The visuals, even, of the trench and him diving underwater with mm-hmm. the flare is one of the best visuals in the movie and and in a lot of movies. The the action sequence when they're running outside, the chase sequence with Mera, and then her using her powers to make the wine mm-hmm. into daggers is phenomenal. Th- there's just a slight disconnect with some of the humor in this for me. Sure. And yeah, it's, I agree. You know, and, it's, and it's just because sometimes it's not my humor. Mm-hmm. So that's that's ultimately what kind of knocks it down a little. This is probably the highest rated movie, comic book movie that I had this year. No, that's a lie. Um, Teen Titans Go to the Movies was my highest rated. Mm. Um, but I mean, this is good. It's really good. I just I just think it's not up to the rest of the DCU movies so far. Because it's just not... Right, it's just not your personal taste in the direction, right? So you can recognize that it's good right. for others. It's just not your personal taste. The end. Yeah, when when we saw it, I was like, this, "Yeah." When we saw it, I was like, "This is going to be the most popular one mm-hmm. that's been out yeah. so far," and it's been right. I just hope they don't go too far in that direction. Sure, i I think if it stayed where it is, I think they'd be fine. Yeah, even if they backtrack just a, a just to, just slightly in the in in tone but at the same time sometimes it, it, it's character dependent i mean yeah. this is a movie you're talking about there are dinosaurs in the in the center of the earth and i'm like I'm, <laughs> that you can't undo that that exists in the same place as batman v superman and i that's a thing now mary poppins exists in the center and of the i earth. love that right and aquaman <laughs> rides julie andrews like you just can't undo any of that right and i that's what like i was on its side right right from top to bottom this is my number seven, so I'm going to go to my number... I'm actually going to go to my number eight. That's probably good. My number eight is Vice. Okay. My number eight is Vice. Nice. I, I think it's a very clever, satiric piece 
of film that was not on your list. It's I was close because you mentioned like you had a you you asked if it was counted as last year or this year because you saw it this week. I saw it this week, but it came out in twenty eighteen, right. so I'm counting it for twenty. So I almost did, but I was like, eh, okay. It's an excellent piece of satiric work, and it's not over over the top satiric like the way say like the Big Short is over the top satiric. But the those scenes, I know Palmer saw it. At least, did you see this movie? I haven't. I feel like if I saw it, it probably would be on my list, though. Okay. Because I really wanted to, but I haven't gotten a chance to see it. Okay, so I don't. I don't want to spoil some of the better qualities of the film for, for you or for those who hadn't seen it. But there's the way that information is delivered in the film is is clever, and I, it's not just a straight biopic, and Sometimes it can be a little slow, but I, I think every performance, not even just Christian Bale's, but every performance elevates the elevates the material. But I, you forget you're watching Christian Bale, and that ultimately is not what I look for in every. It's not what I look for in every film. But if if I forget that I'm watching one of the most famous people in the world. You did a good job, and you deserve to be on this list. Yeah, not even a good job. You did a great job, and you deserve to be on this list because Christian Bale is identifiable in a lot of things. And the for, the more you go through the movie, you just forget it's him, and it's crazy. And I like, pol- I don't like politics necessarily, but I enjoy maybe White House stories, not like current political climate, but I enjoy history. Mm-hmm. And this is even though it's mm-hmm. not long ago, it's history, and it's not untrue even though it's a satire and so it's just it's great i loved it could it be better yes yes but i know you didn't like it i didn't i didn't love it i i really liked his performance as i told you like Mm -hmm. he should have won the golden globe last night Mm -hmm. um but i i don't i don't think i feel the same way about everybody else's um parts as you do and I think that's why it was kind of a miss for me. That's fine. You didn't like mm-hmm. Alfred Molina's cameo? I did like Alfred Molina's that's cameo. That's one of my favorite scenes of the film. Where the, uh, this is not really a super spoiler, but some of the way that they deliver information is by saying like, oh, they, they all went out to dinner and the menu is like on the list is like Guatemala Bay and um, and waterboarding <laughs> and like all these like, oh, I'll have the waterboarding with a side of Guatemala Bay. And they like say like things like and that to me is hilarious yeah. and not hilarious because it's awful and in its own way but i like the way that things are delivered because some of the biggest it's telling you that some of the biggest decisions of the world are made over dinner when they should be talking about like steak and what their kids are doing in school but instead they're talking about you know torture and that it, it just makes grand statements in a very subtle but not subtle way so it, it's really it's really smart uh, i was for it Right, so anyway, so that was eight. Let's go on to number seven, Palmer. Number seven, Widows. I never saw Widows. I know you didn't. It was. I haven't seen it. I'm so okay. upset. Oh, I it is see so, it so good. Bad. All right, so no spoilers <laughs> from you because no spoilers. Because everybody I have dies. Not seen it. So yeah. <laughs> so tell us in like two sentences why it's great. <clears throat> um. Well, for one, it's great because Liam Neeson's in it and he dies. Okay, well, that's in the trailer. I know. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Forgiven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the actresses knocked it out of the park. Okay. 
every who directed this movie? Uh, Some... Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah, Thank you. The uh, Thank you. the guy who gave us Twelve Years a Slave kind of changes it, kind of changes up in direction. Um, I believe this movie was adapted by. Um, is this a Gillian Flynn? She does the adaption. She doesn't do the original uh, novel. Okay. Um, oh, she's branching into screenwriting, is she? Yes. And I'm almost positive it was Gillian Flynn because I thought, it, yeah, it was. She does the screenplay. Okay. Um, hmm, interesting. And I just love her work. Like, And I, I know this is not her work in the sense of like she came up with the story, but it feels like hers. And she has a way of of laying out a movie that you think is just very basic and then turning it. Okay. And she they do it again in this movie, but everybody everybody connected to it. I mean, Liam Neeson for the 5 seconds he's on screen is really good. Um Viola Davis, I really like Michelle Rodriguez anyway. Mm-hmm. Um she was awesome. Elizabeth Debicki. Yep. Who is like 14 feet tall so tall (laughs) um but like she kind of steals she kind of steals the movie and the fact that she can kind of hold her own against viola davis in her scenes Mm -hmm. just it's very good viola davis went to school approximately 15 minutes away from where where you and i are right now did you know that i did yeah isn't that fun Mm mm-hmm we're like basking in her presence right now, basically. <laughs> She's awesome. She is awesome. All right, good. Well, neither neither Lisa nor I saw it, so we're going to move right to Lisa. Number seven. Uh, number seven. This list is kind of superhero heavy, but um, it's Black Panther. Black Panther. That was my number seven. Mm-hmm. Not on my list, and I know it's not on Palmer's <laughs> list. <laughs> tell us why. Tell uh, us why Black Panther. So, okay. I am not, I'm not anti-Marvel in any way. I want to get that out there, now, out of the way in general. It, People have accused me of that. It's fine if you <laughs> are. Not. It's a good club to be <laughs> in. Don't, don't listen to him. Palmer is anti-Marvel. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Um, as somebody who didn't necessarily grow up reading comics, I mean, I knew who Batman was. I knew who Superman was. You know, I, I knew those characters. But I didn't really start reading comics until a few years ago. And by that time, there had been a lot of these Marvel films out, and I had a lot of friends uh, that were really, really into them. And I would go with them to the movies, and I'd walk out, and I was like, "Uh," you know, they would have so many good things to say about every single one. And I'm like, I don't know, there's like a disconnect for me. I'm not as into them. And I think it's the reason that they're so successful. Um, I think it's because they don't take huge risks. They're, They're definitely... They're good films. They're well made. They have great actors, great everything. But you know, it's it's a very safe environment for the most part. Like every single plot, you're not really ever scared for the bat for the good guy. You're not that afraid of the bad guy. Um, I feel that Black Panther kind of breaks that pattern. Um, I thought that uh, I was really surprised by the fact that it didn't shy away from some really serious subject matter. Um, I don't think that the movie, and I hate this word, but (laughs) I don't think the movie ever comes across as preachy, Mm -hmm. but it also does not flinch in telling you what the, the message and the heart of the film is. And I appreciated that. I think it's been far overdue to have a movie like this um in the superhero genre in general it's very timely and it's very uh you know it's very real in that sense 
Um, I thought that the uh, visuals were good. I know some people had complaints about the CG. I did not. Um, and I was just really excited to see something fresh and different. I think probably like this movie and maybe Doctor Strange and a couple others stand out to me as being a little bit, you know, break the mold. And so I appreciate that. And yeah, I liked it. That's it. No, that, I think those are great points. I, I agree that Marvel's films, generally speaking, are safe. They might not always be safe in terms of um, comic they're terms and safe of maybe comic book films, maybe not films in general, what an audience is willing to buy. You mentioned Doctor Strange and, you know, there are concepts in Doctor Strange that an audience is a general audience is not used to. And so you have to you have to inside your safe zone, you have to then teach the audience something new. Um, but because mm-hmm. they can do that because the film is inherently safe in the first place. And so I I don't disagree with you by any stretch, but I also think that sometimes safe films are the ones that generally people still talk about years and years later. Um, yeah. You know, like cutting edge, you know, cutting edge um, movies, I guess. In gen- you know, like sometimes they're they're good for uh, good for the time or good for the moment, but then you don't really want to revisit them. But you always kind of you always go back to your comfort zone, and that's probably why they ke- they're so popular because they make people feel comfortable. You know, the good guy's mm-hmm. gonna win. You know, most of the time, you, you know, there are stakes, but they're never too serious. But it's also never so jokey, depending on the so jokey, depending on the film. You know, it's not a action comedy in the way that like Deadpool is an action comedy or Scott Pilgrim or something like that. Those are, you know, different types of different types of films. Black Panther was close to being my, my, on my list. The CG is one of the things that actually the <laughs> CG is actually one of the things that cut it down for me um some of it is great and and you wouldn't even think about it and that's the point is to not think about the computer because once you're thinking about the computer it's it they it's done it's it hasn't done its job because i've now thought about what the computer is doing which has taken me out of the film um i wasn't up on killmonger the way that a lot of people were it's not about character motivation or how he got there it's actually michael be Jordan's performance I didn't I, I didn't care for he just he didn't whereas everybody in the film actually felt like an authentic person he didn't to me in some scenes not all scenes just some but because it felt like a disconnect between you know the way he was reconnecting with his father in the astral plane or the spiritual realm or whatever you want to call it but then how he you know like the front he puts on in the the museum or in the throne room or you know burning the the plants or you know like it just didn't so there was something about it i didn't care for and i like michael b jordan he's a talented man it just it didn't click and so Mm. i think you're right i think black panther is culturally important i think the score is unbelievably good and actually i think deserved to win its golden globe over the first man soundtrack by Justin Horowitz, which is good. It's a good score. I think Black Panthers is better, um, but it, it like it just got it just got edged out. There was just, I think I think even though what it's doing, I think it's still what you said. Like it's a safe. I think it's a safe film. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But I also I but I also think Aquaman is a safe film 
too. I, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it plays to the same. It plays to the same model. It's also it's also safe. But I think we're used to the Marvel universe now, and so it, that no matter what they mostly what they throw at us, it feels safe. Whereas DC is now trying a new direction, so it feels a little unsafe, just from their company stamp, from their company mantra, and so. But it was so close. It was actually, I think, I want to say it was my number. 12 maybe maybe number 11 it was it was really it was really close but there were just a few other films that just edged it out that i liked a little bit a little bit more but good choice palmer i mean aside from aside from some of the visual effects that i thought were not done well this movie is probably my favorite sense my favorite marvel movie since tier one since phase one your um, Iron Man, your Thor, your Captain America. I mean, even like my my favorite my favorite Marvel movie is Captain America: First Avenger. Mm-hmm. This is probably two or three. Um, it's definitely, I think, better than all the Thors. Probably better than all the Avengers, and then maybe at least two of the Iron Mans. I don't know if it would beat all three Iron Mans, but um, the first one is still first one's good. pretty good. Um, but I swear I, to God, if you say the third one, I will punch you no, across the room. No, the third <laughs> one I hate because because of the ending. Um, but I mean, the story in this is really good. The action's really good. I don't love Michael B. Jordan in in this. Um, at times, I feel like he's just playing in another movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I think everybody feels like a, a real person, and he feels like he's in a comic book yeah. movie. Um, I loved the actress who played Suri. Mm-hmm. She did. She was. You know, great. she was. She was great. Um, and I still, I like Chadwick Boseman as as Black Panther. I there's just something about him that is a little off for me, and I still haven't quite figured out what it is yet. Um, but he, you know, he presents he presents royalty. Yep. He looks the part. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot of good things in this movie, and and there's some there's some negatives, but overall this is definitely a good watch. Okay, all right, well, good. All right, so let's move. Uh, my number seven was Aquaman. We've already talked about, so let's move into number six with Palmer. Number six is do 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 do. Oh, a movie that I thought was also a uh. Gillian Flynn movie, which it was not. A Simple Favor. I didn't get to see this, but I really wanted uh, to. I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Okay, so no spoilers again. Two sentences. Let's go. Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Anna Kendrick. Blake Lively. Boom. Those were not sentences. They they could be. They were Look, I'm complete not. Complete sentences. I, I, I don't. You know me. I don't love Anna Kendrick. No, I'm actually surprised that you said Anna Kendrick twice. Right. Um. I feel like she sometimes plays like the same characters over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And even in this, to an extent, it's the same character, but it works in this film. Like her perkiness is so well put up against uh, Blake Live Blake Lively's like complete opposite, and how these two are friends, I will never understand. But that's kind of the point of the movie. 
you know, mm-hmm. it is it is a whodunit. It it twists and turns again, just like just like searching does. That every time you think they've kind of settled in on where it's going, it changes again. And this is another one where like the the strength of the two actresses that lead this movie make this such an enjoyable film to watch. I thought it was going to be a little bit too too funny, too kitschy, too you know, too something, too too, too funny. Like I thought, it, like I felt the the humor was going to be out of place, mm-hmm. but the humor is definitely in place for the overall tone of the movie. Um. And given the director who uh, played the science teacher on uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch back in the day, mm-hmm. Paul Feig, um, he you know he does a very good job of. Is a Paul Feig movie? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I typically don't like him. Like I didn't like, yeah. I didn't really like Ghost. Uh, I hated Ghostbusters, but I I thought um, uh, Bridesmaids mm-hmm. was pretty was pretty good. Um, but this is probably his best movie. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm shocked. Yeah, because I I think for me, uh, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively were not a selling point. They're probably why I didn't go <laughs> see it. I mean, I you know I used to watch Blake Lively back in her gossip was she was a gossip girl. I think. Yes, yeah, she was. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I found her pretty bland on that show, and I kind of just have that image in my head of her of just like not really giving a lot. Bland, um, and... you could run with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Anna Kendrick, I, ugh, I don't know. I feel like she's a little too perky. She's a little too much. Yeah. I don't know. I just I've never really liked her. Like I don't hate her or anything. I just it's not like I see her name and go now I know it's going to be good. Anna Kendrick's in it, you know. And so like I just it, it kind of looked like the movie wasn't for me. It just wasn't aimed at me. But all that stuff you're saying, man, it's it's changing my mind. So. Yeah, I would have to give it a shot. I would I would definitely give it a shot and let me know how you like it. I mean, you're right. Like I don't I don't typically love Anna Kendrick. Besides this, like. She's she's great in Twilight because she doesn't have many parts, <laughs> but um, it was, this was really good. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to check it out because okay. I wanted to see it before, but I still yeah. now I, I still want to see it. I guess good, Lisa, your number six. Uh, it was into the Spider Verse, so oh yeah, great. Oh yeah. good. All right, <laughs> moving on. Good. Um, my number six, Bohemian Rhapsody. The Queen movie, haha. <laughs> Palmer's, Palmer's. I thought about too. this one too. Palmer's movie bingo is losing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody hits you right in the gut. Super fun, emotionally charged. Changes the story to to play with your emotions. However, I think it's it's well performed. It's it's well shot, especially considering the director was let go during the production of this film, and it still pulled it together. Let Bri- Brian Singer was let go. Let go or just kind of quit. Like it's 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 both. He, he just he, stopped showing up, so he was fired. Right. Mm. So, but Which, but when you know that, it becomes more impressive. The movie is what it is, and I don't think you need to know that to 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 understand that it's a it's a really well made movie. It's definitely a sugar coated version of the Queen story. But I, you and I talked about this. Uh, we'll have talked about this on an upcoming episode of Academy Rewind Palmer. But like true stories, a film doesn't watch a documentary. The film is the film is not 
It's always based on a true story. It doesn't mean that it's the real true story. Right. Watch it. So, and I think Bohemian Rhapsody is a good is a good example of that. It's just super good. I, I nothing bad. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I really enjoyed it, and I think the more I think about it, the more I enjoyed it. So, have you? Have I know Palmer. I know you saw it. Lisa, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? You know, I haven't. Um, I I'm a I'm kind of weird in that I'm at the age where I should have grown up with parents that, you know, loved Queen and and <laughs> it was part of their repertoire. But they were like a little bit older when they had me, so they grew up in the '60s, and so I heard a lot about like you know <laughs> the Beatles instead, yep. and I didn't no. really grow up with these kinds of bands, and so I just don't have the connection to Queen that a lot of people do. I mean, I've heard all the songs. I think Freddie Mercury is, was extremely talented, but I just, nothing was pulling me to go out to the theater. And then all the reviews I read were kind of like, oh, it's just real straightforward, real basic. I was pretty shocked last night uh, when it won Best Drama. Everybody so now was. I'm kind of. Pretty sure America. Yeah. America. I was shocked and I thought this was a great movie. But I agree with those reviews. It's very straightforward. But you know what? This is a this is a, a kind of movie that the Hollywood foreign press loves. Exactly. I it's very uh. very straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny because when we saw it, there's a scene where the the band's album comes out and they're showing like all the critical acclaim, and there's one that just says like, "This is okay. This is okay." Like yeah. and I, I and like when we walked out, I was like, "Oh, look at that! They put my reaction in the movie. Yeah. This is okay." <laughs> It's it's very okay. I would have liked to have seen the Sasha Baron Cohen version. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, but, I mean, aside from that, this movie doesn't really... It's not bad. I liked it. I thought his performance was good. The music is obviously fine, but nothing about it kind of lights a fire under me. Right. It's fine. Um Top, we're in the top five. We are. I want to move through this a little bit faster. So if people start rambling, I'm just going to cut you off. No hard feelings telling y'all now. All right. Because <laughs> no hard feelings. Doing, I'm not going to listen. We've been doing this for an hour. So I'm, we'll just start talking over you. It's fine. Good radio. You know. Number five, Palmer. Hereditary. I never. I didn't get to see it. It's actually sitting in my iTunes because I rented it for ninety nine cents, and I haven't. I haven't had the chance to watch it yet. It's, it, gr- it's great. It's great. I love it. Uh, this was a movie that I kind of like. I'm going to go see a horror movie. I don't typically like going to see horror movies in the theater. I still do anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I don't like it just because I don't like the crowd because they don't. Sure. You know <laughs> they don't stop. Uh, right. That That's being said, this kind of this kind of attracted a different crowd to it. An auteur right. crowd. Um, the <laughs> fact that a lot of critics love this also gave me pause mm-hmm. because I love horror movies. So typically when a critic loves a horror movie, it's because it's a bad horror movie. Not, not necessarily true. No, critics not love always. The witch too, and you love the bitch. You love the witch. Yeah, I do. I, let, I really do love the bitch. I do too. Although that took like two showings before I finally got into it. Um, but I mean that brain it never leaves. That's that being said, where I thought the movie was going is not where it goes, and I credit that to the team that put together the trailers. Most of the time, when a trailer gets put together, you see everything, you know where it's going. This kind of zigs at a perfect moment that even I was just like threw up my hand. I'm going to stop you there because I want I do I've wanted to watch this movie since it came out, and I 
have not had the time to do it. So that's your fault. Hush, puppy. You stop there, <laughs> and we're going to Lisa. Uh, just want to throw out that's actually my number one movie. Hereditary. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. tell us about it. That's great. Okay, so but tell us about it in the most non-spoiler way possible. Everyone, does. Um, stop it. Yeah, it's incredible. The the I guess it's not really a spoiler, but you're not going to be able to predict where it goes. And I'm pretty jaded when it comes to horror movies in the sense of I enjoy them, but I always feel like I know what's going to happen next. Had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, it ramps up instead of a lot of movie. A lot of horror movies will give you like a jump scare and then it'll give you a break. No breaks. Starts off slow, ramps up, never lets you down and ends in a insane way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. But my number five is actually Annihilation. Oh, okay. okay. I, Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw it. <laughs> it was a movie. <laughs> I liked it more. I liked it a lot more than Palmer did. I can tell you that. <laughs> but I I, I just, I, no, it wasn't for me. But you first. Tell us, convince me. Because I'm at okay. that teetering edge where I could be convinced. I think I was you when I first walked out. I think I walked out of the movie and I was like, what? Like, I wasn't confused so much as not sure how I felt. Um, And it took me, like, 24 hours, I think, to, like, digest it and ruminate on it and realize that I really, really liked it. I walked out of there thinking that was good, and the director's name is escapes my brain right now, but he did uh, Ex Machina. Um, Alex um, something. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> sounds sounds right but he uh you know that that movie was really good i really loved that movie and Me i thought too. you know this was fine it just wasn't ex machina but as i've had time to think about Alex it i actually Garland. think it's it. better yeah that's it yep um i actually think it's better um it was just so refreshingly different and it's more hard sci-fi i listened to you guys talk about arrival um, in your 2017 episode, mm-hmm. and I definitely agree. I feel like that movie got a little overhyped. It sells itself as being like incredibly smart, hard sci-fi, and then I thought it was like okay. I thought the concepts were kind of basic, whereas this movie, it truly is, I think, hard sci-fi, and it's very. It reminded me a lot of the thing with the visuals. Mm-hmm. I really like that about it, and I just like the concept of, you know, it, it's not destroying something; it's making something new, and how. Just the way that connected to the, the character's self-destructive tendencies, uh, cancer, you know, all those different ideas and concepts. What if something changing your life for the quote-unquote worse is not inherently malevolent? It's just happening. Um, you know, there's no motive to it. And so I thought that's how I kind of saw the shimmer. And then, I don't know, I just I liked that concept enough to where it really – and everybody had really good performances too – um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. That's why I don't disagree <laughs> with anything that you said at all. You're spot on. I think it just didn't connect with me the way that Ex Machina did. And maybe that was on me to make because I love Ex Machina. And maybe that was just on me that I I maybe felt that it just naturally would because I because his last film did. And and it didn't. I read the book along with it, which is quite different. The movie's better because it is true, hard science fiction. And because it's like when we say it's hard science fiction, 
we mean hard in every sense of the imagination. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. makes you think. And I like ambiguity, but this it just felt maybe a little too ambiguous where I just wanted an answer and I wasn't going to get one. Silver dancing man thing, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. You know, Sorry, it's, it's funny. you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so it just, it didn't, it just didn't fly for me, yeah. though. I understand why it would like for you, for other, or for other people mm-hmm. taste. Yeah. I like my, I, I don't mind hard concepts in my sci-fi, but I want it to be a little bit straighter. I don't. That's fair. I mean, I think a lot of people felt that way watching it, so I I totally understand. And I will say, I think the the moment I kind of checked out on the movie was when Oscar Isaac showed up because you hate him. Well, that's besides the point. Oh, what I, my I know. husband do? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, is the the action sequence in the house with like that bear? That oh my some. gosh, yeah. I love that part. <laughs> I felt the best visuals so that this movie was going to give me, it kind of wasted in in darkness. Mm, yeah. Um, I feel like... It is pretty unclear. I yeah. feel like that's budget, and I didn't actually mind that at all. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually a little bummed that I was sold a movie about, like, weird creatures attacking oh, yeah, people, and, and, yeah. that, and that was it. That's all I got. You know, and and the, <laughs> the alligator, the alligator yeah. and you know what I mean. Like I wanted more of that because that's what I was sold. Right. So I think gotcha. if I had seen this film without a trailer, it might have been better. It probably mm. probably would have been better. Yeah. Not even might have it. Most but I mean, I I do like better. Natalie Portman in this movie. I like Natalie Portman yeah. in many many things. Yes. My number five. Moving on. Teen Titans Go at the movies. Yes. Yay. Teen Titans Go at the movies is a spectacular piece of satire, and I love a good piece of satire, like a really good piece. And it makes hilarious statements about the film industry, superheroes, comics, TV, everything, animation itself. Not Teen Titans Go is not for everybody by any stretch, especially of a generation that grew up watching that original Teen Titans show, pretty much loathe Teen Titans Go. It's because they think it's just a joke on what they grew up loving but that's the point, and they're merciless. It's like, it's like a clean South Park for for anything superhero, and I just love it. And I love that the movie delivered exactly what I wanted it to, and and probably more. I have to watch it again. Um, so that that's why it's my number five. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's it's way smarter than people give it credit. It for. is. It's so it's so hilarious. Like I don't think I stopped laughing. There are two kinds of people in this <laughs> in this world. There's people who find you know the humor in Teen Titans Go and that it, you know the, the amazing heart that that show and movie have and there are really sour people. Those are the only two types of people in the world. Interesting. It's a real <laughs> sheep and goat situation here. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Lisa, did you see Teen Titans Go? I did. I, I didn't end up seeing it in theaters, but I did see it at home. And I mean, I agree with what both of you guys are saying. I thought it was really funny. It didn't make my top 10, but that's not because it was a bad movie. I really, I really found it hilarious. And I didn't really grow up watching uh, the Teen Titans, the, the cartoon before it, but eh, it doesn't matter. I, I just think it's hilarious. And so I, I guess I don't have that baggage. And also I just like 
laughing, so yeah. I just like the movie. No, that's <laughs> good. I didn't grow up watching the Teen Titan show either. Um, I, I think all three of us might be a little too old. We, we were the wrong demographic for yeah. it. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> Apparently it's good. It's what I've been told. Moving on, number four, Palmer. Moving on. Moving on. Love, Simon. That's also my number four. Yay, friendship. Yay. High five that. across the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't uh, see it? Uh, we won't I, didn't, s- I haven't seen I it. I didn't have it on Boy, your list. We won't s- you didn't put that on my I list? I did not. What's the matter with you? You know Because I, I know you hate love. That's, oh my God. <laughs> Palmer hates everything and I hate love. Those, that's, that's, the, that's the going I, theme of I, Academy I, Rewind. Finding traits. <laughs> I don't hate love, obviously. This is my number four. Um Love, Simon is an excellent film. I think we can both attest. We can just yes. talk about it together without spoiling it for anybody. I saw this with a, a a friend of mine who is gay, and he turned to me at the end of the film, and he said, I wish I had this film in high school. And Aww. and that that kind of clinched what I had been feeling, because this is not my experience. It's like the film is not about my experience. However, it's also about my experience. It's universal yet specific. And it, it's 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 so smart and it's so well acted by pretty much everybody. Yeah. But especially Simon, whatever I can't remember. Nick Robinson. Name. Nick Robinson. It's just it, it it's a culture I think in some ways a culturally important movie that got a lot of Got a lot of praise when it came out. Haven't heard mum about it since. Yeah, it came out too early. Maybe. And I don't think maybe it's an Academy-type film. I think it's a cultural film, not an Academy film. Those are sometimes two different things. But I I think it's important for people to... It's important for people to see. Not because it's good, but because it's also... Because it is, but also because it's important. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, I loved I loved the performances. Jennifer Garner put her in a movie. I'm going to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, she was her and Josh Duhamel were so good as the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he, he's kind of robbed of being able to come out to them mm-hmm. um, makes him feel. I don't want to say it makes him feel shame. But he doesn't feel the same once they know, and they do really—they don't really do anything mm-hmm. to to put this on him. Like it's just how he feels, and Josh Duhamel kind of tries his best to say to show him, mm-hmm. like you're still my son. I still see you the same way, and it's there's just so many good. There's just so many good points in this movie. I think I ended up seeing it three times in the theater. Wow. I did wow. not know that. Um, but so you could have seen 120-something movies, but you saw this movie three times instead. Yes. Yep. Wow. That says something about your character. Yeah. You love love. I love love. <laughs> you love movies Which, about love. Which, you know, that'll be, that'll be very evident between three, two, and one. Oh, so. God. I, I'm going to bar face some of your choices <laughs> i can already tell it's oh, not yeah. that i hate love. oh yeah i, I hate can't palmer what palmer thinks love. i can't is. wait for your reaction to number three yeah what palmer thinks love is it's just it's just you'll all see you'll see i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure uh since that was both mine and palmer's lisa you're up number four roma 
was my number four. I oh, have not nice. watched it yet. Yeah, but I was going to watch it this week. Going to get there. Tell us about it. Non spoilers. Um, <clears throat> non spoilers. I guess really quick. I was just really sold on the concept. You know, it's Alfonso Cuarón's uh, pretty much his his experience. Um, he wanted to make a a movie about the woman who raised him, but not his mother. His um, his nanny who uh, she was a member of the family in the sense that she lived there, she raised them, but there's always this big separation between, you know, her being a servant and them being sort of like a upper middle class to rich family. Mm -hmm. And that dynamic is interesting. Um, I think the class separation and even racial separation in Mexico in this movie is really interesting. And then politically everything that's happening in the seventies, I think it's a really big window into Mexican culture that I don't think American audiences have. I think they have an idea of what it is to be Mexican in this movie. Kind of, it shows you that like, it's pretty multicultural over there. There's, there's more than one type of Mexican person, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and I really like that about it. I like that nuance. It's also not, harsh on any of the characters nobody's really a bad guy um they give everybody human qualities no matter who they're talking about in the story so i think in a lot of ways the movie's just about empathy and it's it's just you're immersed in the story you're experiencing it with the main character um and with all the characters in the movie you just feel like you're really there living in a space living in a time and i think it's it's beautiful it's beautifully shot um you know, it's just incredible to watch. So I, it's a slow movie. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people might not want to watch it because of that and because of the subtitles, but I highly recommend it. I think if you give it a shot and turn your cell phone off and just focus, it's a really, really good movie. All right. Good selling point. Yeah. I like it. All right. We're in the top three. Here we go. Number three, Palmer. Number three, a movie that is not only based off a book, but it was based off a 2006 Japanese movie co-starring Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Number three is Midnight Sun. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hate you so much. This movie was so good. It was so sweet and so romantic. Oh, my God. I, I... I also saw this movie three times in the theater. Ew, I just hate you sometimes. I might have seen it two, <laughs> two days in a row. Ugh. I It was just so good. The poor girl can't go outside during the day oh, boo-hoo. because of a disease neither can I, neither can that, will, that would literally kill her, you Tim. And she still <laughs> finds a way to fall in love. No, she doesn't. She, she does. She finds a way to be infatuated. And no, she falls in love to the point that she goes out with him even though she knows it'll kill her. What? <laughs> I think Lisa's reaction was... I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. See, no. she's on my no, side. No, I'm on Tim's no, no, side. No, no, no. We're going to edit that part out. Nope. It's fine. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually... <laughs> Take that clip of her saying, I'm on Tim's side, and stick it in arbitrarily in other parts of the episode <laughs> and other episodes following this one forever. There you go. I'm just going to make it my ringtone when you call. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is so good. I cried so much, especially at the end. Ugh, just... And this movie, this movie learned the trick of getting me to really want to see a movie. And that is use Bad the plots. no, and that is use the term, <laughs> use the song uh, spirits, 
because it um this movie had it and then Welcome Tomorrow and had it. And that's the only reason I want to see Welcome Tomorrow in now. Ugh. Is because they used the same song and this movie was so good because of it. Ew. No. So good. <laughs> Everyone, if you love love, go see this movie. Ugh. No. I know. You hate love. Ugh. I hate what you think love is. It's not that I hate love. I hate what you, you think hate love is. Love. Oh my God. Lisa, please have a better choice for number three. <laughs> Lisa, please say my it's Midnight th- Sun. <laughs> my number three is Sorry to Bother You. Okay. I didn't see it. Tell What? Oh, y'all have to see this movie. Tell, it's so good. Tell, tell, tell us about it. Um, It is bananas. I don't know. It's, it's a comedy, <laughs> but kind of in the way that the that hereditary and get out are surprising. There's like no way you can begin to imagine what happens at the end. But I love the surrealness of, of the story. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward. I thought it was going to be, you know, a comedy, but it was mainly just going to be about a guy who rises to the top of his, um, company because he uses his white voice when he's on the phone. And I think that that is, you know, I I think that's something that's not talked about in movies at least, but Mm -hmm it is something that you hear a lot about. And so I was excited about that, but then it's so much more than that because it's, I really connected to the movie, even though I don't have that specific experience, there was just so much that the characters were going through, um, you know, just in the workplace and their lives that was very relatable. And plus there's a game show. It like the whole thing is surreal. And there's a game show (laughs) that they all watch um, in this world, I guess uh, that's called um, I got the shit kicked out of me. And it's like the number one TV show in, in the U.S. And that just made me laugh so hard. And it's literally just people going on TV and having the shit kicked out of them. That's it. That would be very popular. <laughs> it really would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are like, that's my favorite show. You know, and just there's a lot of like really funny humor like that throughout the film. And I don't know. I th- And then just visually, it was really interesting and different. And I liked it. No, yeah. that's that's great. I never got to see it. But I remember watching the trailer in the theater and being like, that's never going to come where we live. Nope. And it didn't. And it didn't. <laughs> but I've seen but... the first half hour of it, I think. And it is it is very weird. And I just, I had something Super that strange. I had to do so I couldn't finish it. Um, Probably go see Midnight Sun for the 80th time. Yes, actually. I believe that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Palmer's going to roll his eyes at mine. Number three, Avengers Infinity War. Oh, I didn't think that was going to. I had it on your list, but I thought we passed the point <laughs> of time that that would actually be on there. No, uh, number three. It's a. It's a. From start to finish, it's a very. It's a very well made film, but it's different than other Marvel films because it actually takes a risk. We talked about Marvel playing it safe, mm-hmm. in all of its ways, but it's. It's not about the heroes. It's about the villain, and it it kind of puts its heroes slightly on the back burner because of that. They make poor decisions, and they are not able to correct themselves. And I I think. That's for a studio that has built a, a, a studio empire on heroes making good decisions and then winning. It's a bold move on on their part, and it got everybody talking. And I I won't say that it's I won't say that it's like a masterpiece of a film. Give it a best picture award kind of thing. It's not that kind of movie. It's popcorn entertainment, but it's great. And that's all I really needed it to be. And it exceeded my expectations and surprised me. And 
when I'm not surprised by many things in film, I'm happy to be surprised here. So it's my so it's my number three. I have a comic book bias because I love comic books, but it was great. It was great. Palmer, I know this is nowhere near anything in your top three. So Lisa, it is not. <laughs> I will agree with you in that the movie impressed me because I, as not a big Marvel fan, was like, oh man, am I going to have to try to remember a lot of inside jokes for, you know, three hours? And people in like, they'll be like, oh, I remember when Captain America did this. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, I kind of thought that that's how they were going to like pop all the characters in and you'd have to catch up and try to remember like a million people. And yet it wasn't like that. I mean, it did have all the characters that needed to be in it for the plot to move forward, but it never felt, I didn't feel frustrated or tired or bogged down by the amount of characters being introduced. Um, And I thought like all the action that happened, uh, you know, was good and fun to watch. I just, I think I just hate Thanos, and maybe that's why I can't really get behind it. You hate, <laughs> you're you're supposed to not like him. Yeah, do you hate the? I know. Do you hate, do you hate him because of his actions, or do you like what? No, I just hate his squid from? face. I hate how much people like him. Yeah. Like I don't consider him to be like everyone's like. Oh, he's just such a good bad guy. He's so wonderful. I'm like, I don't see it. I think he's just. I don't think he's that deep, and I don't think he's. I I can't even see things from his perspective at all like i don't i don't have that a lot of people are like i kind of get what he's saying like he's kind of right i'm like no he's not what are you crazy no he's not right at all like forget that i mean i'm against it (laughs) i mean i don't think i don't think the film was trying to the film doesn't want you to think that he's right so for i think yeah i agree with you i think it's the same way that people are like oh i kind of like the joker in the dark knight we're like you're not really supposed to like you're (laughs) You're not not really a good human being you're not supposed to be on his side you know like i kind of like hannibal lecter in silence of the lambs well that's all well and fine hannah like anthony hopkins is is really good and and lima beans are terrible (laughs) you're not supposed to be on his side so yeah but i think people are maybe confusing compelling compelling acting choices or great visual effects for for a well-rounded character or, or or something maybe along those lines or just in comparison to other villains in the MCU he is leaps and bounds better than everybody that's, else that's true because he is actually memorable in comparison to mm-hmm. tons of villains that are just not Dormammu Dormammu <laughs> is a great example of that but but yeah. Marvel never pretends that the films are about the villains you know like if True. you look at like say Tim Burton's Batman films they get bashed because they're actually about the villains they're not actually about their main hero and it's mm-hmm. very hard to balance it's very hard to balance that out and Marvel just kind of brushes that aside, and many of their films are not about the villain in any stretch of their imagination. But but instead of balancing 20 characters that need story arcs, they don't do that at all. Instead, they basically give two or three of those characters story arcs, but the movie's really about Thanos. And that's where, that's, that's where people maybe confuse it, where like, oh, I'm on his side. No, you're not. You think you are because he's actually the main character of the movie. But you're not supposed mm-hmm. to, you're still not on his side. You know, you're not supposed to be on ha- Javier Bardem's side in No Country for Old Men. What do you, you know, you're not, you're not mm. on his yeah, side. Yeah, I like those bad guys more, though. I don't know. Maybe it's just his philosophy or something about him. Um, yeah, I would put No Country for Old Men 
Javier Bardem above Thanos any day. But yeah, no, I think it's just, yeah, maybe just difference of opinion. That's all. Sure. Nothing gets the movie. No, that's that's fine. That's all well and fine. Palmer, I'm ignoring you completely. Fine. Num- <laughs> number two. Number two was a movie that I don't, I didn't actually see a trailer of. Interesting. It just came out to the theater. Someone told me about it, and I was like, I'm going to go see this movie. Life Itself. Which one was this? This was um, The Love Story with Oscar Isaac, uh, Mandy Patinkin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not see this. Antonio oh, Banderas. I remember the trailer. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's it's so well written. It's a love story, but not the love story you think you're going to get. At least I assume, because the trailer I did not see. Were you not there that week no. when they showed that trailer? Because I remember I seeing the trailer. Uh, I was not. Um, so I, I kind of saw this on Blind Faith. As soon as I heard Mady Patinkin was in it, I was like, Inigo Montoya, I'm there. <laughs> um, it, it's so well written. It takes, it takes the theme of having multiple storylines and coming together to a different kind of place instead of having five or six people who all cross paths. It's it's a very it's much more of a narrow style, mm-hmm. but it still keeps that kind of free flowing um, storyline. Okay, and it's just written so well. And I mean, aside from Andy Patinkin, the acting is still is still kind of top notch. It's on Amazon Prime right now, so you can definitely watch it for free if you have if you have Prime. Um, and I definitely recommend it. Okay. All right. And neither of us saw it. So, Lisa, you're up. Uh, we're in number two, yes. right? Just making sure. Okay. Black Klansman was number two. I still okay. haven't seen it. I am so mad it's at myself. So I have heard. It. I I like Spike Lee. It is Spike Lee, right? Yep. Me yeah, too. yeah. I like Spike yeah. Lee Yeah. I, uh, yeah. When, when this came out, I was kind of, I feel guilty because I was really looking forward to Black Klansman. But I um, I knew that it was going to be heavy. Like, even though it's funny, I knew it was going to be heavy. And so I was kind of like, oh, I just kept putting it off. I'm like, I'm not ready emotionally yet. I don't I don't want to feel that way, you know. So I, I didn't see it for a while. And then I finally sat down and watched it. And it is hilarious. Uh, the performances are great. But, man, that ending. Uh, I don't think I've seen a movie like that in a long time where I was like just crying and just so distraught at the end. I mean, it's just, it's like the whole movie is so funny. And then it hits you with realness in like the last 10 to 15 minutes. It is so current. And so now that you're just forced to look at it and pay attention. I feel like that's the genius of the movie, catching you off guard with all that humor and then making you do a complete 180 and take a, something that's happening now seriously. And, and I don't know, it just puts it in a different light. Um, and uh yeah that for for a movie to evoke that kind of reaction out of me i mean it just that put it closer to the top for me no that's i that makes me want to see it even yeah. more palmer i know you you saw it right? i did i i liked it i don't i don't i i didn't love it and i think i wanted a little bit more seriousness okay um i mean it is kind of a almost absurdist plot um it is based on a true story um but like when someone tells you the plot you're like man that that seems a little out there it is very well made 
Um, and you're right. Like I had to think when you were like, "Oh, that ending," and I'm like, "I don't remember the ending being that." And then, and then I would I played it over my head, so I know what you're talking about. Um, it is very good. I would definitely recommend this to people. If this if this ends up getting nominated uh, for an Oscar, which at this point I'm pretty sure is likely, it's definitely worthy of the nomination. Hmm. Um, okay. Because I'm I'm willing to separate what I personally like and what I think is artistically better. Mm-hmm. And this is artistically, you know, this is artistically better. This is the kind of movie that should probably at least get recognized with nominations. Maybe not wins. Depends on what, on what it's up against. Um, but I, I agree. It's a, it's a very good movie that people should see. Okay. That's good. All right. My number two, Paddington 2. I know you're going to cross out padding. I love the first one. I think the second one is even better. To be fair, I thought this was your number one. Yep. It is not my number one. No. I think <laughs> the padding, I think the padding details, but the, the second one, every single piece of that movie is so utterly thought out from start to finish with a payoff for every single line and every single shot and every single joke. And it is, it is one of the, the best constructed movies I've ever seen. It's a like, pull it apart it's a pull it apart and use it to teach it in a in a screenwriting class well-constructed film it's just that and i appreciate i appreciate good writing that way where nothing is left behind there's like almost a you there's almost like a i don't know like a utilitarian like design to it where like nothing is wasted we will use everything and this is how we're going to do it and i think it's just stupidly and utterly charming and i wasn't a paddington kid growing up it wasn't like i had an affection for the character or anything like that like i wanted to like christopher robin as much as i like the paddington movies and i didn't because it was sad and depressing (laughs) and not filled with love and fun like winnie the pooh should be Mm. And so, and so Paddington kind of filled that void. But Paddington Two, man, I, I think I've watched it like four or five times, and I've literally cried at the end of the movie every single time. And not because it's a sad movie, but because I'm so happy that everything pays off every time. Has Lord Grantham throwing a baseball? I don't know what you're upset about, Palmer. I don't know. I just not 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 for me. And I, you know, I don't. I like family movies. This one, I don't know. There was just something about it. Palmer that... hates the British and stuffed bears. <clears throat> not true. I love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I think that might be it because he's not Winnie the Pooh. Maybe you're just upset that Paddington isn't Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. You're robbed of better Winnie the I Pooh movies. I was robbed of better Winnie the Pooh movies. Yeah, that could be <laughs> it. Lisa, you saw it? I did. Um, you know, I couldn't believe the way so many people were ranting and raving about this movie. I was like, how is that possible? Something called Paddington 2. <laughs> I did not even see Paddington 1. I was um, And I lost. have zero connections, yeah, to the character. So I was like, that's not possible. Like, what are you talking about? But I finally rented it, and I could not believe how charmed I was, how emotional I felt. Um, it was just a beautiful film. It would just made me feel like the world could be a better place i just and that paddington can 
can do that for all of us. Like, I don't know. I loved That's it. Exactly. And I agree with you about the design. Nothing is wasted. It's sort of like Wes Anderson style, you know, filters and planning the sets, but they actually all play into the plot a little bit mm -hmm. more than some of his movies do. So I, I, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I, I, I loved it. Nope. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm glad we're on the, we're on the same page. We're so simpatico. This is great. This is <laughs> fantastic. All right. That brings us all to our number one. Here we go. Palmer, you're up with your number one. Always the black sheep. The Lord knows what you're going to choose. Do you, do you want to take a guess? No, actually, I don't. No. I think I'm going to be. I can't. Sometimes I can't remember what came out last year and what came out this year. <laughs> and like, so I don't want to take a guess. The Lion King. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was uh, the Lion King. No. Uh, one one theme that we've talked about throughout most of the top 10 lists in a lot of the movies that we've talked about um, is timing and relevance, mm -hmm. especially to now. And this movie is extremely relevant and everyone needs to go see this movie if they haven't. Um, and that's the hate you give. Oh, wow. Ooh, that, I haven't seen that, that was out of left field. I didn't expect um, that at all. I absolutely love 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 this movie the the I'm so impressed lead, with you right now the lead actress in it is phenomenal like she carries a movie of this weight in this like it's it can be such a heavy movie and a and a tough burden to bear she does it very well without ever really trying to come across Whatever, really trying to come across like a stereotype mm -hmm. of an angry person. She, she, you know, her her emotional scenes, you know, are give you so much sympathy for her. It's the movie is just it's well done. It's probably the best film that I've seen. It's definitely the best film I saw last year. It would. Probably be the one of the best films I saw the year before that too. Wow, wow! Uh, I'm going to give you a copy of the book to read because I was the one that basically made you go see this movie, even though you didn't go see. Even it. though <laughs> I actually had to end up working that night and I couldn't go, and I still haven't seen it. The book is stupidly good. It's yeah. so good, and so I don't know how the apart from your review, I don't know how the movie measures up in any stretch. But I'm glad to hear that from you. Because I think the book is, like you said about the movie, is culturally relevant and significant. And we're not here to talk about books. Those are for nerds. This is a movie yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> and so um, I'm glad. I'm just really, I'm it's flabbergasted. I did not expect that at all. That was way out of left field. I don't know what to say. Oh, you know I saw it twice. Yeah, but you say a lot of things multiple times. You saw 117 movies, Palmer. I can't keep everything straight. Yeah, no, I mean... It was it was just so good. I I wanted to see it once I saw the trailer, mm -hmm. um, because I do like. I think it is such a such a relevant topic that I wanted to see how it was tackled, and I want to. I also want to make sure people are going to see these types of movies because these are the movies that can help change what's going on. Sure, it's easier to shine a light in entertainment as to what's going on and get people to understand. That we need to change. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. And this movie, I think, could do that. And if this book 
isn't taught in classrooms, it should be. If this movie, you know, this movie could taught be it, shown. Taught it in mine. There you go. Uh, this movie could be shown in classrooms because it'll connect with younger viewers. I'm not talking about like two, you know, second grade, third grade, whatever. You want to be in middle school, but it'll connect enough that that would be how you change the next generation. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent and fair point. And Lisa, you haven't seen it, or you have? No, not yet. No, no. Okay. I need to. I wanted to see it, but man, you guys are really selling it now. I need to see it. It's good. Read the book too. It's great. I would always recommend reading the book first if you haven't seen either one, but I haven't seen the film, so I couldn't tell you how it measures. But, again, not here to talk about books. Those are for nerds. Lisa, you're up. Uh, well, my number one is Hereditary. Hereditary. That's, That's right. right. You had talked about that. <laughs> All right. Yep. It, good choice. Haven't seen it. Looking forward to it. And my number one, Palmer, it's probably on your list. Why don't you tell the people what you think it is? The Post. No, it's not The Post. No. Post came out last year. That's... No, Post came out in January. Yeah, but then it was last year's Oscar film, so I don't care Doesn't about count. that. Yeah, uh, I counted Vice for this year, even though I saw it's... it in 2019. All right, so the only one, so the only ones that I have left on my list that you hadn't said mm-hmm. was First Man. Nope, not on my list. Ready Player One. Didn't see it. And A Star Is Born. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> yeah, Star Is Born. No. Yeah, A Star is Born no. is a... No. invalid. <laughs> a Star is Born, like Paddington 2, is is well-constructed from start to finish. It is it is not just about the film and the star and the fallen star and the way he moves and up the and boy. the way she... And, you know, the way he moves down and she moves up and all of that stuff. But it's also... It's also meta, it's, like, it's meta. It's about her... It's about Lady Gaga's own life in the way that she rises in the way that she rises and falls it's also a statement about toxic masculinity and what that does in an industry and in relationships and to people to music to fans it's about it's about strong female characters it's about the importance of music and poetry and you know not forgetting yourself and who you are and like all these different things and but every single piece of that movie is thought out exactly so and it's not there's not a wasted moment and like some of the other films on my list it doesn't talk down to you it lets you know things are happening and where they're going and what they're going to do but it never tells you that it lets you know it because it's a smart and well-made film and i know palmer doesn't like it because look you think i hate love I, it, you do I'm in this movie, and I don't even like this movie. You're not like in that's, this movie. I am. Oh, gosh. I am. They filmed, they filmed part of it at the concert I went to. Oh, hush. the Lady Gaga concert. Um, but <laughs> besides that, when you say it's about toxic masculinity and relationship, and it shines a light on that, I don't think it does. It's that's what it's about. But it doesn't do anything to even remotely kind of tell the viewer this isn't right. Uh, I disagree. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, on, yeah, I'm on Palmer's side. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> the I, last I movie, Lisa. I did not really like it no. that much. No, but I know. And I, I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan, and I did not. See, but. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I see it the same way um, 
you know, you do Palmer. The correct way. There's a, yeah, there's a lot about the way she's portrayed. And if it's meant to parallel her life, then I don't like that. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, uh, I had some problems with this movie, but I think it's very well made. I want to start off by saying that. I think Bradley Cooper did a great job directing it. I just think his character is in it too much. I think it's too much. The focus shifted to being too much about him. That's my problem with the movie. But other than that, I think the music is genius yes. and but, really good. And I think they both have great performances. I just, I don't like the direction that the movie took personally. And I think it's pretty different from some of the other, because uh, it's been made like four times, right? Uh, twice, maybe three times. Yeah. So I, think this I know, is the, I think I know this we've is seen the fourth it, one. We saw the original. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's the Chris Christopherson the one. Yeah. That's right. There's the Judy Garland one, and then there's the Chris Christopherson one. The one yeah. yeah. So I know this one follows the, so the latest one, one, the one right? from the 70s. Yeah, the, the Chris mo- Christopherson The most. Yeah, but that one was more empowering. I don't know. Yeah. I had, I had issues. Yeah, I agree. But... You're right. I, see, I don't think that... See, I think I liked it because it wasn't empowering in the way that, like, yeah, now you're a star in the spotlight and stuff. That's not... It's not about the star, like, being on stage in the spotlight. It's like... Her, it, it, it's herself who she is in a person the whole movie is about him trying to get her to like just be herself and be and be proud of who that is and she's not that until the end and and it takes it takes a lot without spoiling anything it takes kind of a lot to to get there and i can understand the i guess i can understand the criticism that it's not like man comes in and saves the day but but he really he doesn't in a lot of but he doesn't in a lot of ways but i think maybe one of the fault of maybe i don't want to say maybe it's you maybe it's marketing maybe it's of our stars of the, maybe it's the, nice um <laughs> i i maybe like the movie's not just about her and i don't know if it was ever billed that it was just about her and you know what i mean i mean it's called a star is born so i, I think from the trailer and the way that it's sort of marketed, it does seem like it's going to be about That's her. true. But I, I – maybe it was just me, but I was never under the impression that it was just about her, that it was always about the mm-hmm. both of them, that they needed each other to a certain point to get to that place. He's not a supporting role. It's a not a true ensemble piece because there's only two of them. But it's both of their yeah. stories. It's not just her story in a way that, say, the, the other versions of this – the this movie it's just about her you know and but i think i i just think that's a story choice and i've only seen the very first one i've not right. seen the judy garland one the rest. Yep. and i haven't seen the chris christopherson i haven't one. either so no worries so, yeah so i i can't comment on how similar or different they are and neither and the rest of us can't but i i i th- he needed to be as well developed for for the emotional impact that he brings so she feels it and, and like if he's a if he's a cardboard character it means nothing you have to feel for him as much as you feel for her and and i i think the movie i think the movie delivers on that i was very surprised that the golden globes won bohemian rhapsody won yeah. over a star is born because mm-hmm. i don't because i think bohemian rhapsody is just about Freddie Mercury. It's not even really about Queen. It's about Freddie Mercury. But it doesn't 
play itself that way, but that's what it is. But it does play itself that way. This movie, I feel it plays like it's both their movies. And I don't know if that's because I'm not I'm not a huge Lady Gaga fan. Like I'm like I think she's talent. I think she's very talented. But I'm not like ooh the new song's out or I got to get the new album or there's a concert I'm going. I'm not that person. And it appears that maybe you two are, and maybe that's just your own personal like I want more about Gaga because that's who I'm here for. Maybe that's maybe that's just maybe that's your own personal like I don't know visor I guess. If that makes sense. Uh, I guess for me, it undercuts a lot of what she's been preaching for the past yeah. decade or how long. It's it's the opposite of who she is. I, I guess that, that was my issue with it. And like the way that like I saw with my husband, he loved it. And he said, well, don't think of it as being about her. She's playing a character. Mm. I'm like, I know, but I felt like she sold herself for so long on like, this is who I am. Like, don't uh, don't use my act and my you know, makeup choice and my costumes against me. They're a, a part of me. And I feel like she's gotten very unfairly criticized, like, take your makeup off and let's see who you really are. But you never hear anyone say that to, like, Alice Cooper. You know, you never hear anyone say that to Kiss. For some reason, female artists get put under this microscope and get called shallow, you know, when they have a lot of, uh, you know, choreography, you know, dance, uh, makeup costumes like somehow that's taking away from their talent and they need to strip all that away and show us who they really are i disagree i think that's part of who she is and i like that about her so to see a movie where you know he's trying to get her to take all that off and be honest i just disagree with it and so like i was kind of surprised by that and then i also felt like i didn't learn enough about ali in the movie i felt like we learned all about his dad his mom and every you know his brother and i felt like i didn't get to know her as much i, I don't know and yeah. then yeah, yeah, I, th those were my issues with it. But I will say that maybe I need to see it again because I feel like I'm in the vast minority in my reaction. <laughs> so don't take my reaction as like everybody's, but that's just like how I saw it. No, you, know? you, you saw it right. No, no I mean, and it could be that it could be the opposite and that everybody else, including myself, need to see it again. You know, to 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 flip and see that side of it, but also, like I said, like a lot of what a lot of what you said, your criticism criticism on the movie involves Lady Gaga, the person, and true, yeah. you know, and to what like again, she is, you know, she is, and she is an actress playing, she's an actress in this instance playing a part, and so I, in some ways, I'm like, oh, you know. Charlton Heston is the head of the, you know, the NRA. But if he uses guns in Planet of the Ape, you know, if he's like, no guns, apes, we should talk. I'm like, oh, well, he's not living up to what he preaches in real life. You know, I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's true. You know, that's unfair because he's a person doing a job. And you, I guess it, 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 when the difference between like their persona, their, you know, there's their public persona and their personal life and what they do in film and on stage. And it's it's all kind of wrapped and warped together. And your mm -hmm. statement is also what the movie is saying, that it's all wrapped together and it shouldn't be. And I think that's where she yeah. comes in and says, so even if she's not Allie, she's not actually Allie. Like, um, I think, like, your your visceral reaction to it because of your because of your fandom and connection to Gaga, this is 
what the movie's trying to tell you that it's you know it's separate this is she's a she's a different person than she is out than she is when she's out in public yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I totally understand what you're saying yeah yeah i don't know i I'm glad that we ended on a disagreement. That's actually this really exciting. <laughs> I was nervous when you said it. I was like, "Oh, should I say anything?" No, no, no of course it's conversation. Palmer disagrees with me about everything. I tell him he's wrong all the time. All so the it's time. Fine. It's all the time. My therapist says that I should really just stop talking to Palmer, but <laughs> but then again, my therapist is Palmer, so I, I'm very confused. <laughs> so let's move on to something that we can't disagree with because it's our choice. Damn it, our guilty pleasure. This. The movie that the movie that you just like because you like it. Shut up, everyone. Um, Palmer, do you have one? I do. You, you you made a face at me like you forgot to make one, even though you yelled at me yesterday. No, no, I do. Yeah, but okay. I, just remember you said all that. Okay. Fifty Shades Freed. Ew, I hate you. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. I and we're back. Shot. To be fair, to be fair, I just changed it to that after that. After that, that nice thing that I said that I like. <laughs> what was the thing you had before? No, uh, it was Thoroughbreds. I did not see that. with Anya Tyler Joy. Um, this is based off a play. Um, she plays um, her and another actress play friends that have kind of grown apart over the years at school. They try and reconnect, um, and her friend wants to kill her stepfather. So, oh she yeah, wants, I remember the trailer. You know, she wants yeah. to have her helper. They're both, you know, one's very affluent. I think the other one's kind of... So to cut you off, because we're, uh, we're really running way over what I wanted to do here, um, <laughs> because i got to go to bed, to be perfectly honest. Um, why is it your guilty pleasure? Why isn't it just one of your top ten? It is weird, mm-hmm. and it just missed my top ten. This was number 14 or 15. It's not really a guilty pleasure. That's no, really, it is, because like... I can also see... That I'm going to be one of the only people to actually enjoy this movie. Gotcha. Okay, that's where the that's where the guilty pleasure <laughs> yeah. part comes in. It's made for you and no one else. One kind of, because those... it's it's definitely weird. Gotcha. And it feels very much like a play. Okay. Cool. All right, uh, Lisa. So I guess okay. Mine, I it, I wanted to put it in my top ten. It's not really a guilty pleasure, but I think for a lot of other people, it might be. Um, Mandy. Oh, okay. Which one was Mandy? That I was the know. that was the Nicolas Cage one. I haven't had a chance to. Oh, I hear it's oh, great. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> I might actually go see it again this weekend uh at the theater um here in in Dallas. Uh but it is insane. It is psychedelic. It is everything the trailer promises. Like I don't want to try to explain it's insane, but go watch the trailer. Um, and you'll see Nicolas Cage wielding a giant metal thing and, uh, you know, killing a bunch of people and screaming and it looks crazy and it is, but it's also beautifully shot. (laughs) It is like a gorgeous movie. The soundtrack is so interesting and so good. Um, yeah, that's it. That's my cell. Go see it. Okay. No, that's great. I feel like mine is the actual only guilty pleasure out of this guilty pleasure lineup because I wanted it to be 50 shades freed. (laughs) That is a guilty pleasure. You're right. You should feel guilty about that. (laughs) You're right. Uh, my guilty pleasure is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. I actually had that up on oh. the list. <laughs> For your top ten. Really? I didn't see it. It's I, it's stupid. It's good. Because it's I liked Mia, it. But no. it's, like, it's so fun. It, they, everybody 
pours their heart into it. They're clearly having a great time. The story is nonsense, but I think it's even. I think it's actually better than the first one. See, I, I that's where we differ. I, I, I kind of agree with most of everything you said. I still like the first one better. Yeah, it's just it's just dumb, and that's why I like it for no reason. Then I like the music. I like the actors. I like Grease. I love that Cher is in it because I haven't seen Cher in a movie in forever. And she just shares her way out of it, but doesn't share the spotlight at all. Nope. She, yeah, wordplay. Uh, so I just, <laughs> yeah, that's my guilty pleasure because I can't really express to you why I like it so much. I just because do. of Andy Garcia. Oh, Andy Garcia and share together on screen made me made me giddy, and it shouldn't have because I don't actually care. But the movie makes me care, so it does a great job. Um, I'm for it. That's my guilty pleasure. There. All right, so two movies we're looking forward to in 2019. One sentence why you're looking forward to it a piece. If you have some runners up, that's fine too. Palmer. Aladdin, mm-hmm. because of a whole new world. Okay. I want to hear that song again. Okay. And Happy Death Day to you, because I absolutely loved Happy Death Day. It was on my top 10 last year. I remember. And this looks like it's going to do the same thing, only different. Um, which you can't so it's really not s- the same thing, then. right? Which you can't always say for horror movies. They usually kind of just beat the same horse to death. Sure, this looks like it's going to go in a different direction, and I really hope it does. Great. Okay. Good choices, Lisa. Um, Shazam, and Star Wars Episode Nine. Great, cho- great choices. Those were at, those were <laughs> those were those were on mine. Um, those those were on mine. I'm going to go in a different direction. I don't know if Palmer could even guess these. One of them you probably can. Lion King. Lion King, yep. because it just looks stupidly good. And I, two minutes into the Jungle Book, and I was like, they should do a Lion King of this. So I've been waiting since Jungle no, Book. Two minutes into the Jungle Book, this. we were singing I Want to Be Like You by Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, uh, good t- good memories. Um, the other one I'm really looking forward to, and I'm not even particularly sure why, is Pet Cemetery. Because it's Stephen King. Yeah, you are right. It, oh, that one looks it just, good. I'm so yeah, excited. It just looks really good. And I've never, I've not read Pet Cemetery. And Nobody I, I like That's not true. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, and so I didn't really know what it was about except a cat that was dead that is alive and it's weird and creepy. But like just visually, the it just, the trailer freaks the hell out of me. And I'm not a huge horror movie person. So it just, it looks so good. And Jason Clark is great in whatever he's in. Even yeah. if the movie itself is not great, he's always good. And I'm just, it just looks so weird and cool and amazing. And so while I am excited for things like Star Wars, Shazam, Aladdin, definitely, I don't know, there's something about Pet Cemetery that I'm just really jazzed yeah. about. It's like a, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird choice. I mean, I can't wait for Avengers, Dumbo, um, I don't Joe, know. I just saw the new posters that they put out of Dumbo, and that looked weird. That's, but I like I Tim, Bur- Tim Burton. But I like Tim Burton, so I'm there. I, you know, I'm there for it. <laughs> yep. You know, it chapter two. I can't. Oh, I can't, that's right. That's coming out. Oh yeah. Oh man, I can't believe I didn't say right. that one. <laughs> I, right. I, um, Once upon a time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's mm. new one. Yes. Um, Joker, which I know Palmer is not excited about. No, I'm really not. Oh, I'm super excited. But that's an interesting. It's like an interesting concept, and I want to know more. Um, Rocket Man, the Elton uh, John, yep. the Elton John biopic, um, the Little Women remake. Oh yes, 
you know, like there's there's a lot Wait, of there's a lot. Saoirse Ronan in that? I think so. No, no, it's Emma Watson. Drop, right? but I think Emma Watson dropped. No, for, those I are my only two reasons to see this I movie. Can't, some one of them I can't remember, but anyway, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. Come, hopefully, good stuff coming out, and that's just like that's just scratch on the top. That's yeah. the stuff that we just know about that they've been hyping. Right. That's not even stuff they're like trailers that all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I want yep. I want to see that. So, good episode, everyone. This was so much fun. It really was. Yeah. Yay, Yay. we did it. Two hours later. <laughs> all right. Really thought this was going to be Still not hour. our... Yeah. I knew it wasn't. I don't know, like, what world you thought that was going to happen. One that I thought I would be in bed before 11, just to just put it out there. No. no I guess not. All right. I'll just be sleeping. At... <laughs> it's only 10 here, oh, so... It hurts. <laughs> not See, there you go. But I get up at 5.15 to go to work, so I have to... I'm Yuck. like, let's go. We got to do this. So, anyway... Um, Lisa, where can the people find you? Hey, uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter under AYA Lisa Cosplay. I'm also on Instagram under AYA and as a Nancy AMI Lisa. And I'm on Facebook. Uh, there's a page called I Love That Movie and a Facebook group. If you want to join us, join us and chat about movies. It's really fun. It's closed. Just send me your quest and I'll add you. It's just a safe space. You have to keep it positive, but... It's fun. Um, I'm also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Player FM. So come listen to my podcast. Look for I Love That Movie and maybe come guest on it. So, yeah. That's super exciting. And you can find Palmer and I on Academy Rewind on Twitter and Gmail. Palmer controls the Twitter. You can find me personally on Twitter at TimothyPG13. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us all places podcasts can be found. And, of course, you can go to ThoughtBubbleAudio.com to check out all other ThoughtBubble Audio programs. Guys, this was so much fun. Lisa, thank you for joining us. This was spectacular. No, thank you. I've been, like, preparing for this all week and just so excited. So thank you so much for having me it on. Was, oh, thank you. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. You are much better than Scott. Oh, he's, oh, <laughs> he's called out. He's going to listen to this. I know. It's going to be hilarious. Oh. <laughs> you know he is. He's going to be so mad about all the heat on... A star is born. He asked me what I thought the other day, and he did, he didn't like. Oh, answer, Scott so. and I agreed. That's that God <laughs> written in the stars. That well, the yep. day Scott and I don't agree on something is the day that we forever give up podcasting <laughs> for the most part. So anyway, that's it from us, which is great because I think they're playing us off. No, I have some other people to thank. Well, too bad. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.